I have a number of notes. I have about two notebooks full of notes on things that I have studied that I've never taught. And uh, once in a while, I'll, I'll uh, go back and reread and restudy some of those things. And I share them with and I will share them with you. Today is one of those times I'm going to share something with you here today that that I have learned in studying the word of God that is not without study, not without searching it out. And I want to pass some things along to you because it's right along in line with what we have been looking at and some phrases we've been looking at. So I'm going to share this with you here today. And by the help of the Lord, I want to uh, give you some things that I feel like is would be advantageous to our walk with God. I am aware that this class is a very advanced and uh, studious class. Some of you in this class are great Bible scholars. I know that. And so I'm always aware that in my teaching, I have to teach things that is something that you are interested in as well as maybe someone who has just recently gotten saved and, and they're basically interested in foundational scriptures and so forth. So this is one of those things that has a little deeper meaning to it. So as I often say, uh, get, your, get both feet in, buckle your seatbelt. And uh, I'm going to give you some things here today. I hope it will be a blessing to you. Uh, there is a scripture that's found in Isaiah concerning Satan and that's found another place as well. Uh, Satan is spoken of in the book of Ezekiel. It talks about how that he desired to be what God was, be like God, be exalted, be promoted. The Bible says that he was the cherub created by the Lord and he was the chief cherub, chief angel in heaven, Satan was. And uh, then also Isaiah speaks about it. I'm going to have you look at Isaiah since we, Ezekiel would be a, a longer version of it. And I think we've already read it more than once. But uh, in Isaiah 14, 12, look at this verse of scripture with me here. And I'm going to refer to a phrase that is here and try to give you some understanding of what this phrase means and where it takes us. Look at verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? In other words, Lucifer at this point had fallen from grace with God and was out of, uh, out of the, the innermost circles with the Lord. Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I want you to notice this. He was desirous to be great like God was great. Because in the book of Ezekiel, it talks about iniquity entering into his heart. We've already talked about that. Iniquity is rebellion against God. And it is lifting up our will over God's will. This is why when Jesus prayed in the garden before his crucifixion, he said, Father, not my will, thy will be done. And we all have to yield our will, our will. We all have a will. And that will is a sort of an egoism inside of all of us. And that we all want to be something, want to be somewhat. We want to be lifted up. We want to. And this is why there's such a struggle in humanity and people always clamoring to try to get to the be the king of the mound. You know, we used to play that as kids. So forth. Satan had that same spirit. 
And when that spirit came on him, then he wanted to be like God. I'm going to read this 13th verse again. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Now, what does that mean? And that's what I'm going to talk to you about. I'm going to sit in the sides of the north, sides of the north. Uh, Notice here, it does not say the side of the north. It says the sides of the north. Now, if we were to talk by directions, uh, south is, I think, that way, and west is that way, and east is this way, and north is that way, you know. And you'd say, this is the side of the north, S-I-D-E, singular, side. But what does it mean, the sides of the north? And I'm going to share with you some things here that I've researched out, and I'm going to leave it with you here this morning. And that is that the word north here has a mysterious tone to it. And looking up the word north that comes out of the uh, out of the uh, the Hebrew, it comes from the Hebrew word tasashan. Tasashan is a Hebrew word meaning hidden or mysterious or unknown or dark. And it has reference to the north. Our north has a symbolic meaning as well as a literal meaning of direction. So when it talks about something in the north, it's the hidden things, it's the secret things, it's the things unknown. And whenever the scripture here says that he said in the sides, plural, sides of the north, Satan wanted to know the secret things of God. He knew that there was things that God did, God knew, God understood, and he wanted to be in on that. Not that he might be a blessing to the God or to, the, or to heaven, but that he may exalt himself. That he might know more about the things of God than anybody else would know. And for some reason, use it to exalt himself and not to exalt God. And he called it in the sides of the north. The, white, the word north then has that meaning of, of dark. Because if you were to have lived in the Middle East at that time, you could say in the west there's the Mediterranean Sea, in the south there is uh, Egypt and North Africa and Africa and so forth. And if you said in the, uh, in the, that is in the south, in the east, uh, you've got uh, the, the Saudi Arabia and you've got the uh, Arabs uh, world and so forth. It was pretty weird. But when you said the north to the Middle Eastern, it was very mysterious. If you were to draw a straight line from Jerusalem straight north, it'd go right through Moscow, believe it or not. Right on up into Finland, headed for the North Pole. I'm talking about a straight line, a longitude now on the, on the globe. You can look at it on the globe, it'll show you that. And I'm just trying to say to you here that to the Mideastern mind, especially in Jerusalem in that area, that the north represented mystery. It represented uh, unknown it represented uh, things that they were very curious about, people that they did not quite understand. Uh, the Greeks were first, and then beyond the Greeks, there was other people. Who were they? Where, where did they come from? And whenever the, the cold weather came, it came out of the north. So it, was a, it had a tone of mystery about it. So the word north, or the word you know, that was used here, uh, shown was the Hebrew word meaning mysterious, uh, unknown, 
things that they could not quite put their hand on, dark, uh, hidden, and so forth. And it came to be part of their language. Now, here's another interesting thing. The word mystery that described it all so well was not in the Hebrew language. The word mystery that's found in the Bible, no place is it found in the Old Testament. Mystery is a word that's found 27 times in the New Testament because it comes from a Greek word. But there is no Hebrew word that says mystery. So the words that they used to describe mystery was north, and then also it was dark. Dark is another word that they would use. So they would talk about the dark things. Uh, in the Hebrew word, the dark means hidden or, or unknown. And uh, so these were words, even though they knew that dark meant the way it was when it was nighttime. They knew that that was, that was what it was. But it was also symbolically in reference to hidden things, secret things. This is what Satan wanted to know about God because he knew God under, had understanding and wisdom and knowledge beyond anything that the angels knew anything about. And this is the way that he wanted to know about it. Let me give you another verse of scripture here. Uh, this says somewhat the same thing. Uh, this is found in Psalms, uh, Psalms 48, 1 and 2. 48, 1 and 2, if you look at that, Psalms 48, 1 and 2. It says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north. The same reference there, same statement, same phrase. And it means that it was, it was in the area that they understood. It was an area of understanding the dark, secret, hidden things of the Lord. Praise God. And this is what uh, Satan desired to know. And the Lord said, no, no, it is not going to be for you. And it's going to be only for God. If you're there in Psalms 48.1, look at 49.3, just the next psalm over to it. 49.3, it says, my mouth shall speak of wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline mine ear to a parable. I will open my dark sayings upon the harp. This is David talking. David, who wanted to be close to God. He said, and the Lord spoke of David, said, he's a man after mine own heart. David wanted to understand God more and more pronounced. I'm going to give you a number of scriptures here concerning what this has to do with you and me. But David wanted to know more about God, and the more he found out about God, the more he loved God, and the more he saw the beautiful uh, things that God had that had not been spoken of. We know God created the heavens and the earth. We know God made man on the earth. We know he breathed, he made all the creatures that we knew, all of that. We knew that he called Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but there was some deeper meanings to everything that God did. Satan wanted to have an inside track on that, but God said it's not because you want it for yourself. You want it for yourself. And so God says, yeah, I've got some secret things that I'm going to reveal, but not to you. And I'm going to show you here today that God has planned some great things for you and I who walk with him and who serve him. Praise God. Uh, over in Proverbs, 
Uh, look at this one, Proverbs 1 and 6. It says, to understand a parable and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings, their dark sayings, that's their hidden sayings. This is what the book of Proverbs is all about. This is what Solomon had an understanding to some degree about, that there were some hidden secrets of God that he was going to reveal. Now, I'm going to show you some scriptures in a few moments here that lets you know where we are. But that God has chosen to let you and I, who are his people, know things that he is going to do. And he will reveal things to his people that the world will never know. And the world can never know because they are not one of his. And I'm going to show you what, what basis all that is built upon. But these are those dark sayings, these hidden secrets, these wisdoms here of the Lord, and these things that God has promised that he would give us. So he said that I would give you here the secrets of the Lord. Praise God. Now, uh, there is power. There's power in knowing the things of God. I want you to look with me in Psalm 78.1. 78.1. Praise God. 78.1. And look at the next four verses. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Verse 2. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. The Lord now is saying, Oh, give ear to my, O my people. Listen to what I've got to say. Give heed to my law. I'm going to open my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. Notice that phrase. I'm going to open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. These are things way back there that God knew. Dark sayings were secrets hidden that God himself only knew, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, show to the, showing to the generation to come the praises of God. And his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. Let me just say this, folks. That in our praise and in our worship, there is power in God. And if we will learn to worship the Lord under all circumstances, God will bless us and guide us and lead us. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we don't understand the whole situation, but he leads us through it. I was uh, traveling the other day on Highway 71. If I, John Johnson, if you'll permit me to use you in this example, uh, we were on I-95 going north, and we came to a place where it was a little overpass over a, a road that went underneath I-95, and just a little bridge like went over real fat, real short, just uh, wasn't more than I don't know, just a little half of this section right in here, you know, like this. And John says, every time I cross this, I remember a situation that happened to me. He said, one time I was going here and I was passing a car in my, in, you know, it's double, it's four, three, two lanes there, I think, a three lane, whatever it is. I was passing a car, two lanes it is right there. I was passing a car, he was in the left-hand lane. And just as I was approaching to pass him, you know, on the right-hand side, he was on the left-hand side. He went into a spin when he hit that, that, that little bridge. He went into a spin, and when he was crossways, it covered both. It was a big Lincoln car. It covered both of the lanes. 
And John says, I was right there behind him fixing to pass him. And as he spun around, he spun around. And whenever he was vertical, I went through and then he went crossways again. Just that split second. If it had been a split second before or after he had hit that car and it had piled up right there on the interstate doing whatever it was, 70 miles or whatever miles an hour. But just that split second. And he said, I went down the road and I pulled off the road. Of course, the other guy, he, he finally made it through and he pulled off the road, too. And I'm sure he did a little prayer meeting. But John said, I pulled off the road and I said, thank you, Jesus. I know that you spared me right there. You now, there are a lot of things that we don't understand, but God looks out for us in situations that we don't always know about. We heard that testimony, I think it was Wednesday night, from, from uh, Brother Lindsay, some experiences he's had. I think all of us could talk about that. Pastors talked about one he had on, on I-75 once when his car flipped and all that. So I'm telling you here that God spares us times, praise the Lord, that we, we just don't know, or sometimes we do know. And we say, God, if you hadn't had your hand on us, your spirit is because God loves us, praise the Lord. And that's why that we need to praise him and worship him. Praise the Lord. Don't come to church and say, oh, well, today I'm just going to relax and sit in the back and balance my checkbook and diddle with my telephone and catch up on all of my you know, my messages on don't do that kind of stuff. All that stuff, push it aside. Today, I have come to worship the Lord because God is worthy of all of our worship. And by worshiping the Lord, we tap into his power and his understanding and his blessings. Praise the Lord. And when a preacher gets in the pulpit and starts preaching, Amen. He says things and our understanding comes. Sometimes, folks, listen to me. Sometimes he's preaching to all of us, but there's somebody in the audience that's really getting a message from from that pulpit. It may be the pastor. It may be an evangelist. It may be who knows who, whoever's in the pulpit. But I'm just saying here that we need to always be grateful and appreciative and praise the Lord and worship God and glorify the Lord. So this psalmist here said, in this time of dark sayings, he said, teach your children, show them the generation to come, the praises of God, his strength and his wonderful works. So there's always reasons to praise the Lord. There are times that you have been battling things or things that turned upside down on you. There's times whenever it just happens and all of a sudden your whole world's turned upside down. You know what you do when you go to church? You sit in a corner and suck your thumb. Is that right? No, sir. That's what you feel like doing. And I have literally slinked in the back of the church to sit down in the back and sit down and said, they're lucky I'm here tonight. They're just lucky. Everybody's lucky I'm here tonight. And I guess I'm really saying God's lucky that I'm here, you know, and I didn't feel I'd do anything. But I learned, I learned a long time ago that if I would lift my hand and say, Jesus, I may not understand everything going on, but I praise you and I love you and I worship you, God, and I glorify your name. And if you will praise him in the hard times, folks, I'm telling you, God will always see you through and he'll bless you. And if you ever do it in a time like that, you'll start feeling the presence of God just come over you. And you say, Lord, 
Oh, praise the Lord. I know you're still with me. I know you haven't forsaken me. And there may be somebody right here this morning that's going through some tough times. But I'm just telling you, if you'll always worship God and praise the Lord, sometimes it's hard to do at that moment. But if you're to say, Jesus, I love you and I praise you. I know you're with us. I know you'll see me through these things. He will do it. He will do it. And he'll never forsake you or leave you because he's promised it in his word. I'm going to move on here a little further because I want to touch base with you here on a few things that the Lord has given us here. Because God has promised that he would share his dark sayings and his secrets with his people, with his people. Now, I'm going to read this verse of scripture to you in Amos chapter 3, verse 7. 3, 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. This is in the Old Testament in the book of Amos. I won't do nothing without sharing and revealing them to my prophets. In other words, God is saying, I've got some secrets. I've got some things I'm going to do. You know, there's going to be some things that's going to come down the pike for the whole world. But I won't do anything without sharing them with my people. This is why it's worth walking with God. And I'm saying this because we have been studying the signs of the end time. And we're seeing them all about us. There's things happening in America, things happening in the world that is letting us know we're getting closer and closer to the coming of the Lord. And the Lord said, I'm not going to do anything without letting my people know what I'm doing. Praise the Lord. And for no other reason, folks, walk with God, serve the Lord, that we might know what's coming down the pike. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And whenever it does, you can say, Jesus, I love you and I praise you and I thank you. Otherwise, we get caught up in the spirit of the age and the spirit of the world. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things of the world. The love of the world is not of the Father, but the love of the Father, praise the Lord, is what we should have inside of us. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. The, word, the, lust of the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, these are of the world and not of the Father. And God wants us to have that love for God, the Father's God, of course. And he wants us to have that. Praise the Lord. So don't get caught up in this spirit of the world. I wish I could tell all of our young people, don't get caught up in this spirit of the age and the spirit of the world. Because God, praise the Lord, is going to do and reveal to his, his people what he is about to do. I will tell you this, that the young people that are walking with God and serving the Lord, I believe God's going to use them in these last days. I believe that. I believe God's going to use them mightily. I believe God is going to raise up young people. It's got the spirit of God and they got the power of God and they got the blessings of God upon them. And God will use them, praise the Lord, for his kingdom and his glory because they're willing to, re to resist the world and walk with God and serve him. Let me move on here because I'm trying to re show you some things here that God has sort of put on my heart about how that he's promised to reveal the secret things of God unto the church and to his people. Now, here's another verse of scripture found in Psalms 25, 14. We're talking about the hidden things of God, the secret things of God, the dark things of God, is that called? Look at verse uh, 25, 14. 25, 14 here. God's secrets are with his own people. It says, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Oh, isn't that beautiful? He will show them his covenant. 
And I have a little reference in my, I won't read it, but I have a reference here in my Bible where the Lord took his disciples to the upper room before, you know, before when he's still living. He said, I'm going to have my last supper with you. And then when he got all through, he said, he broke the bread and he shared and had them drink the wine, all of them, and broke the bread and they all took the wine. He said, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And this is called the new covenant, the new testament. Testament means covenant. So Jesus established with those disciples that was at that table. He established with them his new covenant. This is probably in reference to that. The secrets of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. And the power, of course, of Christ would be in the shedding of his blood. When he looked like he was totally defeated, he succeeded. Praise the Lord. Whenever it looked like that he had been whipped, he had been beaten by the devil, the devil had him on the cross. Through the cross, praise the Lord, Jesus shed his blood and that the blood of, of Calvary, man, was for the salvation of our soul. So these are all things that God has allowed his people to know and his people to understand that we might walk with him and be his people and that we might serve the Lord with all of our hearts and all of our souls. Now, when we get into the New Testament, when we get into the New Testament, the word mystery is a New Testament word. It's like I said, it's found 27 times in the New Testament, the word mystery itself. And it's a New Testament word, not an Old Testament word, but it refers to those dark sayings or those hidden secrets or those uh, north, the north side of things. And so it's called mystery. I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter 13 and 10. And this is on the heels of Jesus giving a parable. And the Bible talks about him speaking in parables to the people. And it went on to say that he, you know, like verse 3, and he spake many things unto them in parables. This is to the multitude. Talks about the wayside, the stony place, thorns, and good ground. Finally, in verse 10, I'm looking here at 1310 of Matthew. The disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto them, to you rather, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. And what, what's this talking about? It's talking about those who are choosing to walk with God and serve the Lord. Now these people that he was feeding the 5,000 and he was doing the miracles for, and they were multitudes of people that just was curious about him. Many of them later followed him and had the understanding through the apostles that were very close to him. But at that time, they were at a distance and he only spoke to them. In a what does he mean by that? What does he mean by sower went forth to sow? What does he mean by different kinds of ground, different the seed? You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what he means. And Jesus went on to talk about it. He went on to say that the seed is the word of God and the ground is the hearts of men and how men's hearts receive the word is, is, is how that that word is going to grow in their hearts. It was a spiritual thing that he was relating to them. And the Bible is filled with this. It's filled with that. But the world doesn't understand that. Praise the Lord. I mentioned to you a while ago about the power of praise. The world doesn't understand that. If they got problems, and they, to them, if they had enough money, they could solve all their problems. The children of God says, if I can, if I can just praise God and worship the Lord, everything's going to come out all right. That's right. And the Lord may 
He may solve it with the money. He may not solve it with the money. It may not be money. But I'm just trying to say here, I'm talking about, you know, having to pay your way out of debt or whatever. But I'm just trying to say here that if we will learn to do it God's way, praise the Lord. And the Lord here talked about it. This is uh, also spoken uh, over in, uh, let me read another verse of scripture to you. This is spoken of over in the book of Mark. And uh, very well the same thing, the fourth chapter says, And he said unto them, unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. In other words, the mystery is the factor here. That seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest at any time they should convert and their sins should be forgiven them. And so if they would see and hear, but if their ears were dull of hearing, their eyes were dull of seeing. In other words, we don't want to hear no more. We don't, we don't want to hear no more parable. We don't want to hear no more. We don't want to follow Christ. We don't want to see whatever he can do. We'll just follow him whenever he starts breaking bread and feeding the 5,000, 4,000, whatever it is. He did that twice. We'll follow him then, you know. So I'm pointing out to you here that your walking with God and serving the Lord and living for him gives you an inside track with God. That's the only way I can say it. Where that we understand what's going on in the world and we understand on things that are around us. The world does not understand it. They never will, folks. They never will. You may try to sit down and explain that to your, to your uh, to relatives and they... Uh, they, uh, yeah, well, whatever you say, that's all right with you. Yeah, okay, you're going to church, right? Okay, that's what they tell you in church. And those kind of things, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. All those kind of things. I'm pointing out to you here that these are secrets and wonderful, valuable things that God shares with his people. Praise the Lord. Let me uh, give you a couple of other things here I want to pass along to you. This is one found, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Everybody see that? This is Paul writing now to the Gentile church in Corinthian, Corinth. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew. They didn't know this. They didn't understand it. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. The word us is plural. It's not talking about Paul himself by himself. It's talking about the church here. But God hath revealed them unto us as the church by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. This is why it's important to have the spirit of God. That with the spirit of God, we understand the things of the Lord. And that's why you don't want to be short of that. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, folks, ask God to give it to you. Just say, Jesus, I want the Holy Ghost more than anything in the world. Everything. Just say, I, I, want it. I really want the Holy Ghost. And God will give it to you. He'll give it to you. And when you receive it, the evidence of tongues will be there. It'll be there. It'll just happen. Trust me. Praise the Lord. 
Now, verse 12. Now we have received, I'm reading here still in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of him. And it it goes on to talk about here in verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. Verse 14, I'm in. For they are foolishness unto him. I skipped 13 for time. That's the only reason. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Everybody stay with me here on what we're talking about. I'm talking about the north sides. (laughs) I'm talking about the hidden things, the dark things of God, of the secret, the parables. And what Jesus, they talked about parables in the Old Testament. Jesus came and said, I have to speak to you in parables. He spoke many parables unto the people. And there were things that they could not grasp or understand. But the ones who walked with him understood. And God gave them that understanding. Uh, 14, but the natural, the natural man receiveth not things of God, their spirit is I'm going to verse 16, finishing up here. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, which is we, is plural again, the church. We have the mind of Christ. So I'm pointing out to you here all of these wonderful things that the Lord has let us know that we know about him. Praise the Lord. Let me show you something in the book of St. John. This is Jesus when he was praying praise the Lord, and talking to his disciples after the Last Supper. And he knew that he was going to be crucified by when morning came and he'd be tried all night long and so forth. And he'd be crucified. And he was talking to those disciples. And this is what he said to them. And I want you to notice these words here in the 15th chapter, the 14th verse. This is St. John 15, 14. Ye are my friends... If you do whatsoever I command you. Notice that. We have to follow the commandments of the Lord. We don't just get here and do our own thing. Henceforth, I can, I call you not servants. Wow. I can show you a verse in the Old Testament that, that confirms this. And I won't go there, but it's there. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. Now, I'm showing you that so that as a child of God, the Lord lets us know. And because we have the Holy Spirit, he lets us know inside. Folks, as we draw closer and closer to the coming of the Lord, and and we know that the world is changing. It's in a changing mode right now. You know, I, I read an article out of uh, one of those uh, those weekly papers I get. It's out of Washington D.C. that tells you what's what's on the inside track of what's going on in the in the world, and it's very interesting. I get one every week, but it's interesting to read them because they're all saying that things are happening in Europe. That's that's really uh, they don't know where it's going to go. There's things happening in China, things happening in India, things happening in South America, Brazil. Brazil is an interesting country going on. I'm going to tell you, America, we are, we, are, we are enjoying prosperity like America has probably never seen before. 2018, 2019, 2019 is going to be a prosperous year. But things are happening so fast. And sometime in prosperity, people forget God. They don't need God. It's not God, it's us. Is what we've done. It's all about us, not about God. 
sometimes it's in the hard places and the hard times that people will say we need God and we need his help. Praise God. One of the reasons that early, early crowd that came over from Europe, uh, Holland and England, wherever they came, and later Germany and, uh, and, and I can't think of it, France, anywhere else. When they came over from Europe to America, one of the things that they had was that they struggled so much in that early days. They had to fight everybody. They had to fight the Indians. They had to fight the British. They had to fight the French at one time, the French and Indian War. I mean, all this was going on, and these people had to say, God, help us. we got to have your help. So they started writing the Constitution. They said, you know, in God we trust, or we, we believe in God, or God is this. But that's not the case today. That's not where we are. And I'm telling you here today that we as the church, folks, we cannot back away from the fact that God is everything. And I'm going to tell you this, that as things progress and things get worse in this world, your walk with God will keep you on the right track. God will always look after his own. He'll always share with us the things that he's going to do and things that he's not going to do. And if we will come to the house of God, praise the Lord, and worship the Lord. You know, you don't have to run around the church. If you want to, go ahead. It's all right with me. You know, you don't, but you don't have to do that. You know, you don't have to come around and dance in the altar. But if you want to, it's okay. But if you don't, it's okay. But if you worship the Lord, some of our older people, you're just lucky to be here because it was a struggle to get here. I know it was for you. And just lifting your hands. Some people can't even lift their hands. So whatever you can do, just say, God, I've come to worship you. And Jesus, I love you. And be thankful to Jesus. Be thankful for the Lord. And folks, he will guide us and he will lead us and he will direct us and he will keep us. He'll keep his hand on us and he will help us through all of the trials and the troubles and the things that we go through. Praise God. Amen. Uh, so the word of God here is a powerful thing. I'm going to read one other scripture here. This is found in Colossians, uh, Colossians 1, 26. And this is simply a confirmation of what we've now been reading is many other scriptures as well. It says here, verse 26, 126 of Colossians. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made known to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's one of them, that Christ would be in us, not just with us, but he'd be in us. That was one of the mysteries. I imagine when all that happened, the Holy Ghost would give it, the devil said, huh? <laughs> uh huh? I mean, he'd like to know all that stuff way back there, but he, he, God would not let have an inside track. He fell from grace. Jesus, and I think it's in Luke, the Bible says, uh, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning. He was thrown out of heaven. And so I, he finds out things, but things that God will let us know, praise the Lord, he wished he knew way back there. So here's the thing, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery, praise the Lord, uh, among the Gentiles, which uh, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise the Lord. That's why you want Christ inside of us. When you're baptized, amen, you're in Christ. We're baptized in Jesus, in Christ. Whenever you receive the Holy Ghost, you have Christ in you. So we are in him, he is in us. 
He said, just as I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, so shall I be in you, and you in me. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I'm just letting you know here, this is how Christ is in us by the Spirit. This is how we are in Christ. The Bible talks about the dead in Christ shall rise. This is talking about the rapture. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up. And everything. The dead in Christ means that they were baptized in Jesus' name and that the, and that the salvation of God was in their hearts their lives. And that that spirit that was in Christ dwelling in you, it shall also quicken us at the last, at the last trump, the last trump, the last day, and so forth. Let me move on here. Let me uh, look at uh, the Colossians two and verse uh, verse eight. Beware. Now I'm going to leave you with this one. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. <laughs> After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, the rudiments is is uh, keeping step, marching with them. You heard people say that he's marching by a different drum beat, you know. All right, the drum beat of the world. You're keeping step with the world. You're right in stride with doing whatever the world. I'm talking about the spirit of the world, folks. I know we all have to go to work and we have to raise our families and you got to, you know, the education. I know all of that. And that's, that's all very essential and necessary. I'm not talking against that. But what I am talking about is a spirit of the world, you know, the spirit of the age that can get a hold of any one of us. Beware, verse 8 now, lest any man spoil you through philosophy. In other words, this is what we believe. We believe that. We believe that. I talked about the other day about all this philosophy about, you know, what's out in outer space and, and, and evolution, you know. And you can go on and on with all this philosophy, you know. You're happier if you don't get married than if you get, if you get married. You're happier if you don't get married than if you are married and just live together and not married. All that kind of baloney, you know. That's against the Word of God. And the Word of God is always going to be better, but Satan will always try to make anyone believe that that way of the world and the modern way and all that stuff is, is the thing to go. So he's saying here, beware of that. Beware. Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit and the tradition of men. Tradition of men. That's these old stories and things that come from way behind. After the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And if you don't understand that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, I'm quoting the scripture there, put a ring, put a ring around this verse, the ninth verse. In him dwelleth all, put a ring around the word all. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In other words, all of us in Jesus Christ. Verse 10, and ye are complete in him. If you got Jesus, you got everything. You got Jesus, you got the Father, you got the Son, you got the Holy Ghost. If you got Jesus, if you got Jesus, if you got Jesus, praise the Lord, you got the happiness that he gives. You got the peace that he gives. Amen. Things are not always hunky-dory. Things are not always just perfect, but it's the best that it can be. This life has got all of its ups and downs, but to have Jesus Christ in our hearts and lives in serving God, folks, is the best and the greatest and the happiest life that we can possibly live. Praise the Lord. So he goes on to say here in the 10th verse, ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. God is the head of it all. He is in us all. He is through us all. And I want to say this to all of us here today. And this is the end of my series here on the, uh, the, uh, 
signs of the end time. But I just want to say this, folks. Walk with God. Serve God. And I think the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the Lord will sort of let his people know inside of us, it's time for him to come. Praise the Lord. And if you will not stray away, but walk with him, I promise you one day you'll walk streets of gold. Hallelujah. The Lord loves his people more than we'll ever realize. More than we'll ever realize. He loves his people. And he wants every one of us to be saved. And if you are not there yet, make a point in your heart, in your life, say, I'm going to get saved fully. I want everything God has for me. I want to be fully his child. I'm going to walk with him and serve him. Let's stand together. Let's give the Lord the praise and the glory. Glorify his name here this morning. One more time. Would you stand with us? Jesus, we love you, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you for this service this morning. Bless our 